0: Welcome to Leadership Requested. I'm your host, Jen Rebar. In this podcast, we introduce you to leaders from all over the world who share their personal leadership stories. They let you into their lives and discuss their path to becoming the people and leaders that they are today. Thank you for tuning in. We want everyone to know that they have the skills and life experience to start becoming the leaders that they want to be in their personal lives, their workplaces, and in their communities. New episodes of Leadership Requested come out every Wednesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcast directory. Thanks for listening. This episode was so much fun to record. Tyler Cole is our guest. I met Tyler several years ago when we were working at the same company. We spent several weeks in training together, and we had a really great time getting to know each other. We of course went in different departments, and over time lost touch. But we did stay connected on LinkedIn, and thankfully we did because this conversation that we had was great. I loved hearing about his passion for helping sales teams, um, specifically SDRs, and. He and his team have this incredible talent for building relationships and creating awesome content, including a podcast that builds this fun and uplifting sales community for um, people who just need that motivation and, and some direction on where to go. I hope you enjoy this conversation between he and I, and if you enjoy this episode, please feel free to give us a rating. Let us know what you think. We appreciate you, and enjoy. I appreciate you coming on the show, and I uh,
1: appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. You and I met a couple years ago when we were going through training at a company. And that was uh, a very interesting couple of weeks that we had doing that. Um, We've gone our separate ways, and you have a couple of different ventures, but I will let you tell that story. How'd you get into leadership? Where are you at? What have you been doing? Fill me in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, great to be on the show. It's cool to reconnect over something a little more exciting than what previously led us to be in the same place. Um, (laughs) For sure. As you probably know, this uh, wasn't the path that I had carved out for myself. Um, I had a lot of interesting jobs growing up. I worked in music for quite some time, ran a record label overseas, eventually ended up like going back to college at ASU just to finish my degree. I was like three years in when I just jetted off and decided to uh, pursue a music career. Uh, So came back to Arizona to do that and got my degree in business tourism. Thought I wanted to work in hotels, I think I just wanted to travel um, and I wasn't able to do that much. I was working like 60 to 70 hour weeks, making like 50, 60K, like working just like a dog. Um, And I started to realize, like I thought that my greatest skill wasn't necessarily sales, but my greatest skill was just solving problems for people and like making people comfortable and presenting like situations that uh, people are like comfortable being their best selves in. Um, so I realized like harnessing that with kind of a sales approach, it's, it's non-traditional, but it's something that not a lot of sales reps are doing. And I think there's a lot of ways to be successful that way. So kind of carved out a tech sales career for a little bit, uh, took some good jobs, took some bad jobs, um, got to the point where I wasn't going to be a slave to the company that didn't really care about me as an individual. Um, so I looked long and hard for like where I wanted to work, what that product was, like would it disrupt the space? Did I believe in it myself? And I uh, landed a job at Sendoso. Super uh, happy to be there. I've really enjoyed my time there. Um, but that wasn't enough for me. It was like, yeah, I can sell this product. I enjoy doing this. But what I really enjoy is is people and solving these problems. Like it's one thing to do it for an individual client when you're selling a service to them. It's a different thing to like change your network of people's like lives and the impact that you, they're having on others. Um, so I actually had an SDR that I was mentoring at Sendoso. Um, he ended up getting laid off, unfortunately. He and I were about to launch a podcast for the company. Um, and we had put together that first episode, but After he got let go, we kind of told ourselves, like, hey, I think we have something here. Like, we should turn this into something. Um, And it really grew from there. Like, not only are we doing the podcast at Above Ground, but we're also creating content for some of the top companies in uh, B2B SaaS. We signed some partnerships from a perspective of, like, different organizations working with us to leverage our contents. Um, And then from there, I'm actually doing, like, consulting and coaching for individual reps. So helping them... Right now, a lot of it's like helping them land a job, helping them like navigate like the waters of COVID, so that they can just make a decent living and be happy. Um, hoping to eventually turn that into like something more scalable, where I can go to larger sales organizations and like redo complaints, like actually change the system of sales. I want people to respect the profession. I want people to pursue a sales career when they're children, like take classes in college, like. And just uh, kind of get rid of like the grimy, like dirty aspect of it that a lot of people like see when they think of sales and and think of it as, you know, these are people that care about me and they're working on a solution for a problem that I have. Um, So right now running above ground, doing the podcast, working at Sendoso. I'm also doing coaching for a group called SDR Nation that was uh, sprouted out of uh, the Revenue Collective. Um, That's going to launch next week. So super excited about that. Um, But that's kind of what I'm up to right now.
1: What is it about the SDR role in particular that has given you the inspiration to do the coaching and the leadership
2: for them? Um, It's just a challenging role. Like I never had to do it. I was a full cycle AE. I don't know that I even would have been a good SDR. I really would have had to change my approach to do that. But it's a low paying job that doesn't get a lot of internal support from training, like people aren't given a path where their organization's developing them to be leaders. They're not like spelled out this path of how can I be a, a VP of sales or how can I be an AE? It's like, how many meetings can we like beat out of you until we're done with you and then we'll give somebody less money to do this same thing. So like, I truly believe that the, the role like itself is broken in structure. I think there's a couple of organizations that, feel how I feel and they're starting to do things differently. That that excites me, but I still think it's a, a huge problem. And these individuals are young and impressionable and they're not getting the support they need internally. So somebody needs to like show them the ropes and somebody needs to like give them that path so that they can be, you know, future contributors to the organization and, and just to the world in general.
1: What kind of tactics are you using to coach these young people into being better leaders better sdrs and really be inspired to be good at a job that maybe isn't the most glamorous or very high on the totem pole in the sales world
2: yeah absolutely um i think it's just it's one explaining to them the why of like what they're doing like not just to set this meeting to get to your quota like who's actually a good customer for us like what's going to make a good client, like for the AE, like, how do you collaborate with that person better? Like, what do you even want to do? Like, and I don't think you need to know that answer at 22. It's not like, Hey, I want to be, you know, CFO at X company, but you should have an idea of like what you're working on to develop yourself. Maybe that's to further your career within that organization, or maybe it's just to, you know, develop skills that are going to be translatable to anything else that you do. Um, but really making people tell me like what, what it is that they're looking for and think about it. I think that's like the biggest step. Um, And then supporting them. Like, I don't think there's a lot of like, uh, morale is very low on SDR, like sales floor. Like it's, and you know, maybe you have your month and people are ringing the gong and that's exciting. But how long does it last? And like, are you a slave to those numbers? Like, are you just living your life trying to hit that and you don't feel validated when you don't? Um, I want individuals to feel like they're the thing that matters. They're the asset to the company and they can also do these skills that help like everybody reach a common goal here, but you know, they're doing this for them and they're trying to accomplish something that makes them a better person. And in turn is going to allow them to sell more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that that mindset or that um, culture is, is, directly related to the SDR role, or do you think that is a culture or leadership um, habit that happens with other roles as well, like other sales teams or things like that, where um, management gets so focused on numbers and production that they tend to forget, the pur- you know, the people and the, the purpose behind it? Can, can your theories for the SDRs be translated to other roles?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think like the biggest issue, and I I actually was talking to somebody about this today on my podcast, but it's like, we all know quality, like you need to have like quality clients, quality leads, quality like outreach. Um, When you're at that beginning stage of scaling out a sales team, like you don't need to really have that. If your product's relevant and you have some money, like you can invest and drive an inbound funnel and sell some stuff, but eventually it's going to come crashing down. So besides the fact that you should care about the individuals around you, like you're setting up your company for failure by not investing in like better development and training. Like one of the crazy things to me is like, one of the only jobs I think, like in the world where you don't receive continued development, is sales leadership. Like, sales leaders don't go to any kind of training. Like, they, I, it's just assumed, I guess, when they hit that at like 35, they're good. Like, they know all the methods, they can teach everybody. I guess with the SDR role, like, the reason I see it as the biggest problem is, you know, to hire a senior AE at a tech company, like, you're gonna pay them a good amount of money. Like, you're gonna invest in them, you're gonna probably give them equity. So, I feel like there's more scrutiny and importance placed on like the hiring of that. So they don't slip through the cracks quite as often. Like it's just easier to discard SDRs like with their experience level, how many of them there are, what their salary is. Um, But definitely it's still a problem, like from top down, like not just for SDRs.
1: What is it about your personal path or your personal career journey that made this such a passion project for you?
2: I've just, I've I've taken too many, like once I got into sales, I made too many bad choices, not bad choices in terms of like how I was like working or my work ethic, but bad choices in the leaders that I surrounded myself with, bad choices in the organizations that I chose to take part in because I didn't know. I didn't know like the red flags of like a tech company that's not going to be viable a year later. Um, I didn't know that if I spent all my time trying to send that's all I did, if I didn't work for them anymore, like, people didn't care what I had to say. So it's Mm -hmm. like teaching people, like kind of shortcutting this path that was like rocky and mistake-ridden for me and giving people an opportunity to learn that a little younger, like sharpen their skills and and be like where I'm at at, you know, 29 by, you know, 24, 25. And kind of that options are almost limitless if you can hit that point at that age.
1: For sure. What are some of those red flags that you would... Warn people about. I know that when you and I worked together, we had in our little group yeah. talked about um, different past experiences with different companies and and different you know things that our little group had gone through and and all of us had had different past red flags, if you will, with different yeah, people. It's course. almost like dating. You go to a company and you think you're getting one thing, and you know little flags come up and sometimes they're you can handle them but other times they're deal breakers what are the deal breakers that you would say are for sdrs or is someone in sales
2: you gotta know the questions to ask like just don't lie to me like don't lie to me when you're telling me my comp plan don't lie to me when you're telling me like the percentage of people hitting quota don't lie to me about whether like this is mostly inbound or i'm going to be prospecting for eight hours a day And like the organization shouldn't be lying either because they're going to hire people that aren't skilled at these things that they actually need them to be skilled at. So it's just a bad practice all around. So I think like the organizations need to be honest with people. And what I'm hoping to do with like SDRs and others is like, I will give you the roadmap of the questions you should be asking when you get in the interview. Like, let's say like what percentage of people actually attained this number? Like, what was your turnover percentage? Like, what was your last round of funding? Like, These are things I would have never thought about at like 23, 24 when I was like entering sales roles, but I would never take a job now without knowing all that information. So just, just giving that like knowledge to people that wouldn't just know it because their experience hasn't given them that, uh, knowledge already.
1: Well, I think that's something we don't even train people on. We don't train people on how to build a resume where you even keep track of that. We tell people that when they have the job, but we don't tell people to keep track of their stats for the future even meetings with their bosses or keep track of all the awards you won for future resumes or things like that we just don't train people and it's not until you need it and don't remember any of those things <laughs> and it <Okay>. becomes handy <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I mean, the resume thing bothers me too, because it's like anybody can build out a resume. They could spend money on it. They could hire a service. So, sales, especially, it's so uh, subjective. Like, mm-hmm. you could be at an organization where you hit 150% of quota. Like, what does that mean? Like, what did you actually sell? Are other people selling 180% where you're at? So, all that stuff is like so subjective. Like, I want to teach people to have a very, intelligent conversation when they sit down and interview like actually learn about the product be interested about the personas that they're selling to like those are the things that like i'm going to notice like I, i i would never even i would barely glance at like a resume i barely do in terms of like the people that i onboard for my own company like i think that you can come from all kinds of like untraditional backgrounds and be successful. You can also hire an enterprise sales rep with 30 years of experience who's lazy and like doesn't doesn't do anything and you gotta pay him 250K when you hire him. So like just knowing how to actually be of value as a human, like if you can relate to people and care about them and listen and you're semi-intelligent and you care about the product that you're selling, like you're going to start to just naturally have conversations with people where they end up buying at the end of it, because you're really just trying to consult them and solve whatever problem that they're looking to uh, resolve.
1: You're absolutely right. There's so many more social skills that go into sales that you can't put on a resume being able to, you know, write good emails and communicate in emails in an appropriate way and be able to talk on the phone and handle things under pressure and it's those are the things that you can kind of train people how to prioritize your time and just things that you can't put on a resume and that often get overlooked i absolutely agree with you
2: yeah like i'd rather hire that person with untraditional background that has those skills than like They're Salesforce certified and they did this and they hit their quota at this company that isn't what my company does. Like I'd rather take like a raw individual who's just hungry and willing to listen and develop themselves. And like, I'll spend all my time teaching somebody that cares about their own development.
1: Did you have a company or a mentor or someone who invested in you that way? Or did you just feel like no one did? So you decided to do that for others.
2: Uh, a, a bit of it. I don't have like that person in my life. But like when I went to Sendoso, it was like, I'm selling to marketers. So I started to build out this network of like demand gen and CMO people like Guy Tano from Nextiva and a guy, David Kirkdorfer, who's a, a marketing consultant who's helped scaled out, scale out like a bunch of go to market strategies for big cybersecurity companies but that's like my buying person. I have my other mentors that are like my salespeople. like this is how we sell, this is how we approach things. And then I have a totally different set of mentors for like what Eric and I are doing with like video contents and production. So I haven't had like that person, but I know that like the most valuable thing I can do is just talk to people that are smarter than me and people are generally receptive to that. Um, even with the podcast, like that's kind of what it started. And like, get super like qualified salespeople in a room with me and pick their brain, like, and start to be better as a result of it. Um, and people actually loved it when they came on. Cause they're like, wait, this guy, he doesn't have this roadmap of questions. I haven't even, I've never even been asked this question before. I've been on like 30 podcasts before. Cause it's like, we're prying into like what made them who they are. Cause I feel like that's a lot more important. Like I you can teach me challenger method or Sandler or whatever that sales method is. But if you don't believe it and you're not like that person to your authentic self, like people see right through that. Um, maybe you'll get lucky here and there. Like people get lucky in sales, but as for like a career you're never gonna have that sustained success.
1: You mentioned like a lot of names there. How important has networking and building strong like-minded connections been for you?
2: Oh, it's been amazing. I can, I mean, uh, COVID's been tough, but COVID's also been like incredible for me to allow me to work remote and have additional time. All these like micro communities have popped up where like I do a Zoom session every Friday with a group of people. There's like a Thursday night sales session that we do And I've built like real friendships out of that. Some of those people I talk to more than, you know, people that are right here in Arizona. Um, So I think that you're, you're wasting your time if you're not doing that. Like, especially if you're going to work at something 10 hours a day, like spend one of that hour listening to other people about how they do it. And I bet you like those nine hours a day that you work every day are going to be twice as effective as the 10 hours that you're doing and you're not working anymore. It's like just allocating time to something that's more meaningful.
1: Absolutely. I know I personally am a huge networker and I love like being yeah. able to meet people from everywhere. And if you lose your
2: job too, I mean, that's like, like, I think that's important. I don't want people to be doing it specifically for that reason. Like this isn't like, uh, Hey, look at me and my followers. And like, mm-hmm. I have this poll and I can get this many impressions. <laughs> it matters at times if you're in like our space where you're making content trying to get people to... to actually view the content but that's not why you should be doing it and people are going to start to see through it and not follow you that's like what you're about when you're doing it too
1: yeah being authentic is super important and being able to show i think the reason why you're there and what you're doing it for and all that good stuff um COVID has definitely changed the climate of how we're networking and why we're networking it's not all happy hours anymore yeah um speaking of happy hours What do you think of the sales floors when they are trying to get SDRs and sales teams in that that's the benefit that they're touting is the two weeks or one month paid training and the ping pong tables and the happy hours and the things like that? Do you feel that's the right direction that companies should be going or do you think it's almost false promises?
2: Yeah, I'd say like invest that money in like mental health resources, give people like every other Friday off. Like there's things that people like it's just this fake culture and it's toxic. Like there's people with like the amount of uh, ridiculously talented salespeople I talk to that have like severe addiction problems and like mental health problems, like more than 50 percent of the people that are at like the top layer. Like I'm talking about Mm -hmm. the people that are making a quarter million dollars or more. Because that's like, it's like, go, 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 like hit your number, hit your number, celebrate, like let's go hard, okay, start it over. Like it's just a super toxic environment. I actually worked for a, a company that'll remain nameless here, but they had a, kind of that set up in the office. And I actually got called into uh, like HR's office one day. And they're like, we noticed like you've been playing darts and I'm like, yeah, lunch, I like play darts and they're like, yeah, you need to like be working. I'm like, well, why do you have the darts then? Like, don't lie to me about what we're doing here. <laughs> if you don't want to have fun, like don't have the fun things in here. But if you're going to put that stuff in there, like let your people decompress, like the worst thing you can do is have that and then tell them they shouldn't be doing it because they're just like, in, they're just confused. Like, what is this really about? And those companies fail earlier too. Like we, some of the stuff that I've like, we've had extravagant happy hours at companies I've worked for. Where like a Christmas party probably cost a hundred forty thousand people, a hundred forty thousand dollars for sixty people to party for eight hours. Like, mm-hmm. and then that company is you know laying people off two weeks later. It's like, how are you laying people off and throwing a hundred forty thousand dollar party and saying it's because you're you don't have money? Like that stuff's just like it bothers me. I'd rather invest in like anything that like i've i've thought of this like instead of all these tools and things that you buy for people and then you're like learn salesforce, learn this the crm might be one that you kind of need to stick with but it's like what if we just gave a 300 budget a month to our reps and we're like go shop for the most efficient tools to prospect like what do you what are you going to use best like i think that would be crazy successful people would actually want to learn and they would be they know that they caused the company to spend money on it. So they're going to actually invest their time like developing and trying to learn how to use that tool.
1: Right. I think we're seeing so many companies didn't want to do work from home because they didn't think that if people worked from home that they would get work done. And with COVID we're seeing how work still is going with people working from home. And it seems like there is a shift that if you empower the people who work for you and you give them inspiration and purpose, they'll work hard for you. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm very hopeful that more and more employers are going to see that, but it does seem like it's going to take a really big shift and more and more people like yourself who are helping to empower people, you know, who aren't at the very top. Although yeah. if we can get some of those at the top, that'd be great. Cause we sure. There, we need
2: some, some of them out there. Like I get to, it's fun when you get to interact with them. Cause you're like, okay, you feel the same way as me, but you have some actual power. Like you can get some things done here. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's like I wasn't more productive cause I was commuting two hours a day and you were like tapping on my shoulder, asking me questions. Like, I, I don't know how people just thought. Like, especially in sales, it's, like, we're making how much we make, we work for. Like, we're driving our <laughs> entire existence on a commission number. So do you think, like, you needed to, like, slap me on the back to sell? Like, I hope not. You hired the wrong person then in that situation, but, like... Really? Yeah, it's funny, too, because I have kids that I, I say kids, they're more like, you know, 22, 23, 30 kids. <laughs> but they come and like my system is like, I'll either coach you for like, you know, a very reasonable rate based on like what other people are charging, or I'll put you to work through like my suite of products and what I'm doing and train you through that. And I'll pay you like some commission on top of that, too. Um but I have these guys come to me and they're like, Hey Tyler, like, I'm sorry. Like I have like an interview tomorrow. I might be doing this. I'm like, good. Like, that's what this was for. I wasn't trying to like work you into the ground. Like the reason this exists is because the other people are doing that. So, you know, whenever that time comes, like I'll give you a referral. Like that's what this is for. I'm not trying to like keep you working under me as an SDR for my whole life. Like I want to train people to take my job. Like I want them to be like better than me when they step away.
1: I really think it's important when you're managing other people and working with a team to support their other development whether it's the same industry or other industries we want to see people succeed it's
2: yeah.
1: it's weird to think that you're going to work with the same people for 30 years and everyone's going to be happy with that you want people to follow their bliss and follow their passions and and hopefully you know keep doing better and being successful if you want to stay in the same job and that makes you happy great but for most people, you know, they want to find different paths. So I think that development is so important and you're absolutely right. So many people and so many companies just either the companies don't have it in place or, the, or people feel stuck and they don't know how to get to that next step. So starting with a role like SDR and building that track up is really awesome.
2: Yeah, it's sad it's sad that they've been like trained to just feel that way too like why do you think like you thought after all the content i produced and i trained you like that that's how i was going to treat you because you're so conditioned with other people treating you that way like it's just sad that people are like in that point where that's their expectation like their expectation is that they will face resistance they will face like ridicule they will not be supported if they step outside of their box and like that's my long term goal. Like, how do you disrupt that entire thought process? Like, it's um, it's gonna take a lot, and it's gonna take some time. But like, that's what I want to see happen.
1: Good. Well, I can't wait to support you on <laughs> What would you say to SDRs who are struggling, or out of work, or just looking for that little bit of inspiration?
2: Yeah, like invest- I'm looking
1: for a free coaching tip right now.
2: Yeah, no, and like it's, it's unfortunately, it's not going to be like a black and white one because it's like invest in yourself, like stop being a cog in the machine, like stop estimating your value based on what you're providing to this person or this organization, like start to figure out what you're good at too. And that doesn't necessarily need to mean cold calling or writing emails. Like maybe you're good at like, you're creative. You can make a podcast. You can start doing video outreach. Like you can start doing copywriting. Like there's a lot of different things that, um, unfortunately that role is like the catch all right now. It's a good and bad thing. Like it allows a path for almost any kind of tech sales or like CSM or any growth there. But it's also like, you're not gonna get developed for any of those individual things cause it's the catch all. So you need to figure out what that is And go find some mentors, like go talk to some people, figure out who you like and just immerse yourself in their content too. Figure out who they're talking to and who's interacting with them and just get in. Absolutely,
1: that's great stamina and energy, someone who's ready to get in there and do something.
2: Yeah, like don't you don't have to be good at everything, but just be willing to help, be willing to listen to people, like listen to people, like listen on cold calls, listen to other people's calls, like listen at every chance you get. I would say people don't do that. Like they start to like get their method and then they try and act on it, but just shut up, like listen to people. Like you'll learn a lot more that way.
1: How do you want to develop your business? What do you want to see it do in the next three to five years? Oh, You know, which one of your businesses you've got several, but what do you, where do you see yourself going in the next three to five years?
2: Um, I mean, I think, to the point where I'm affecting on a large scale the hiring process, the attitude and the outlook, the mental health support of of sales reps. Like through my company, I would like to do that with my content, and I would like to consult sales organizations to help them implement those strategies. Like a big thing for me is why are we paying SDRs like sixty dollars a meeting or whatever it is? Like it has no relevance to the business. Like give them some stake in the actual deal closing and they'll start listening, like simple enough thing that like everybody should agree with, but it really isn't done. Um, and then SDR nations, the other thing that I'm super involved with right now, which is basically somebody who had the same passion as me and, and a little more resources behind them. And we put together like this crazy group of like really notable people, like founding coaches. And it's a like a paid subscription model where they can just come and, get any resource that they need, like whether they want career development, resume building, cold calling tips, email tips, how to use technology, how to copyright. Um, So $50 a month and they're probably getting paid like $60 a meeting. So it's like, I promise you, you're going to set four or five more meetings, but you'll have to invest some time in your own development. You'll learn a lot. But just getting to the point where those resources are there, people are comfortable and and they're not, like, fearful. Like, I'm, I'm really big on, like, how much you deal with rejection in that role and, like, what that does to just a human being's, like, mental makeup. So if I can have people feel good about stepping into the role, feel good about being supported when they're in the role, and also be able to, like, develop and grow as people, like, that, that's the ultimate goal.
1: Increase the happiness at work and don't increase the happiness everywhere
2: else. Yeah. Or the other way, like you make people happy and they'll, they'll be good workers for you too. Like, I think that people underestimate just like personal relationship. Like, you don't need to like go out and drink with these people every day, but like feel some camaraderie, like, especially now that we're like all working remote, like, feel like these people are a part of your community and you want to support them and see them be successful don't be that sales organization like stealing the the clothes lost quotes and like it expired and i want them to take money out of your pocket like it's (laughs) like a toxic environment that like i don't know how anybody thought that's like a good setup for anybody involved but let's just celebrate victories together and and Prop each other up and we'll all be be happier and more successful. Like including the company on top who's the one that's trying to drive revenue and is making all these terrible decisions to drive revenue. So just go the other way. Like treat people like humans.
1: Yeah. Bring the people back to the business and teamwork makes the dream work. (laughs) Exactly. As annoying as that saying is, it's absolutely true. If, If we're not working together, it just... We spend so much time in the office. We spend so much time thinking about work and as much as we try not to bring it home, we're all looking at our phones all the time and everything yeah. else. So I don't I know I personally, if I am not enjoying what I'm doing or who I'm working with or whatever else, it, it really does take a lot out of me. So enjoying what I'm doing and who I'm working with makes my day so much better. Even a bad day is better when you can commiserate with your friends and your people at work that you know, okay, at least we're in it together. And yeah. it's it's just a better deal when you know you're working towards one goal and when people know that they have other people who care about them and their development. So I applaud you guys for doing that and please let us know anything that we can do to help because we'll absolutely be be sharing it and networking more. I would absolutely inc- encourage you guys to look into Quad Meets. For not yeah. only you, but for your uh, for your other SDRs. It's a great way to start networking and getting out there. I've done a few myself. Or, and um, it's fun. You just get on a Zoom call with four other people and talk about what you do and what you're about. And That's the only great. obligation is that you post about the call. And yeah. it's nice because you just met three other people. And... It's no obligation, nothing like that, but I just did one and it was really cool because there was a, uh, you know, I, I, ended up being three because someone canceled, but yeah. it was, I met a really young entrepreneur who was getting started and, um, I met the owner of the, of the idea and company and it was a really cool way to network and, and get your idea out there. So might be something fun
2: for you to do. And, uh, yeah, you gotta step outside of your box too. It's like if, I, if I'm if i selling like this niche software at my company, like do I really only wanna talk to dudes that sell this same niche software that I sell? Like that's a boring life. Like even my, my team yep. is like uh, entirely international. It's hard, like it's very hard to just like stay in touch with these people because of the time zone difference. But I feel so much better about what I'm doing and like the, even just some of the people like the little money that they make through my enterprise is like life-changing money based on where they're at because that's a whole nother problem in terms of like companies in america outsourcing work to other countries doing the same job that people are doing in california and paying them Mm -hmm. two percent of what they're getting paid but these are these are amazing people and it's just it's just wonderful to bring people from a different backgrounds different perspectives and you're going to, you're going to learn a lot more from doing that instead of like talking to the same three people you interact with every day.
1: Absolutely. And building up your perspective, building up your network and finding out different information from different people that you maybe didn't know. And maybe they know of someone just, I feel like when I was using LinkedIn prior, it was kind of like you mentioned that resume that you just had. And you know, your past coworkers that maybe you don't see anymore and using it since COVID has been completely different because now I feel like it's just more of a social network of like-minded people who are inspirational and um, really invested in themselves and in motivating other people, which. Yeah. Not all social networks are like that.
2: There's some that I very much avoid. I mean, it's not 100% positive, but for the most part, you see more people supporting each other than cutting each other down, which is different than any other form of social media, for sure. Yeah, Yeah,
1: and especially for business and sales, I think when, especially, it it connects to our outlook and everything. So when people kind of go to connect with you, if they see that, You know, you're a salesperson, but all you have is a handful of people, and they all go to your last uh, few companies. And then you also have a couple people in the industry, but you don't have anything else on there. I don't know that they're going to look to you as much as a, um, a SME or a subject matter expert in the industry. Whereas if you fill your page with content, whether it be your company's content or just content on what you find important, you're really representing yourself and creating that personal brand for yourself.
2: Um, Like you can just take somebody else's content and write a little piece about how it's useful. Like you don't need to be a copyright. You don't need to put together a podcast. Like this stuff's time consuming. Like we do it, like we enjoy it, but (laughs) people don't need to like, that's not the starting point. They're like, Oh, I'm not good. Or I don't want to write the posts. It's like, just, Mm look at other people's and share something like it's fine. Like you don't need to be a genius to like share a relevant post that somebody's going to find value with.
1: But showing what you stand for and who you are is such a great way to be able to elevate your sales and really, um, keep your own focus. I know for me, it helps me remember what I'm doing everything and keep my purpose and, um, Sometimes that can be hard when you work for a company, you can sometimes get lost in what the company's focus is and what the company wants. But if you have your own, uh, you know, your own purpose and your own focus, then it's easier to kind of stay in your own lane and not get dragged down.
2: I was saying like, also like, you're going to grow a bigger following and interactions that way that you can then repurpose to sell your product or like do your thing. Like the other way, you're not going to like get anyone to care. Like I'm telling you, like, you know, here's how many data centers we have. Here's like how I can satisfy this logistics problem for you through my software. It's like uh, another blog from Sandoso. like, I don't want to read your blog from (laughs) Sando. That's all you post. And like three people like it every time. It's like, yeah, but I can do what I do. And then I'll write stuff like, this type of stuff I write, it's like, oh, I was like using Sendosa today, like in this prospecting situation where like uh, this person received this and like we had this interaction together and it says nothing about buying my product. It was my product, but people are like, oh, like I'm, I'm interested now because people are inherently, they want to read stories. They want to like read about you. And if you can like put in something that helps you drive business, cool. But if you do it the other way, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of trouble unless you already have like this huge network and now you're just shoving content in people's faces. If you're like Gary <laughs> Banner. <laughs>
1: if that's how you want to be now. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Authenticity and showing your genuine personality just comes across so much better and more genuine. And and you're right, people do want to they want to hear about you. They want to get to know you. Yeah. As we wrap up here, what do you want people to take away from? everything you have to say in
2: your story yeah I think that there's there's it's never too late to just figure out what you want to do and it could be something entirely different like I didn't get into this space until I was you know 25 and I haven't really developed myself and invested in it until probably like 27 in two years I'm running a company I'm doing a podcast I'm working for one of the top tech companies like I have this coaching partnership. Um, It's like, it's all there. Like if you want to invest in yourself, like people are so willing to help too. Like there's so much negativity in the world, but like you will find the people that aren't that way. And like, there's so many of them and you don't need the whole world to support you. You need like three or four people that are in your corner to help lift you up and get you to your goal. So don't be afraid to ask for help, like be willing to invest in yourself. And, you know, it's not too late to kind of, or, or decide you want to do something different and, and the chances will be there. Like you you can find success even if you step into something that you haven't done before and you're, you know, 40 years old and you want to like sell something for the first time. Like it doesn't have to be sales either. Like whatever you want to step into, like you can see success as long as you want to be successful. You care about people and, and you listen and you try. It's awesome. You're
1: talking to me. I'm almost 40 and I'm doing it. Right.
2: <laughs> Well, you you have a sales background, though, don't you, or no? Did you, like, step into sales way later?
1: Honestly, I have done a little bit of everything, and I didn't start doing... I didn't even start working until I was 25. I stayed home and had babies, and um, then sales kind of found me when I was in my late 20s, yeah, and now it's a lot more business operations and strategy, but... It wasn't until this year and I'm 37 that I got four certifications in life coaching. And that was thanks to COVID. Yeah.
2: It's
1: never too late to change your mind and change your path. (laughs) I appreciate you coming on. I think that what you're doing is amazing. Um, You've come so far since our training days <laughs>
2: and if uh, you, <laughs> I'd like to think I've I've advanced from the next Eva bullpen days here, but uh, <laughs> I mean, there's there's experience always though. It's like I still gain a lot of value from sectors of that of my experience there. Maybe it wasn't like I, I shouldn't have worked there for 18 months doing what I did, but I found mentors there that like taught me how to sell, and taught me how to like learn the tech of a product and. I also learned work ethic because it was impossible to survive there without grinding. So, you know, there's, there's, there's always something to learn no matter how bad the experience is, but if the experience is terrible for your mental health, please get out of the experience. Like that's, that's the like disclaimer. I'd give you there, like be happy and healthy first.
1: I think that is a very true statement. People stay far too long at jobs that make them sick to their stomachs and Make them cry every day and things like that. That is not okay. If that is the case, obviously we can't all just leave the next day. But if you can get out or plot a way out to find something that makes you happy or at least not cry, <laughs> then do so. <laughs> Mental Please, health is way don't more important. Cry,
2: cry tears of joy at work. <laughs>
1: exactly. Celebrate or laugh till you cry. Yeah. Anything, but something that is going to mentally drive you insane or emotionally
2: maybe it's not the greatest job in terms of like your enjoyment of it but it's okay and it pays the bills like if you're creative go do something else like you've you've found your podcast and like you've talked to all these interesting people and i'm sure i'm sure it's a lot of work but there's a reason you're still doing it because it's it's rewarding and it's an experience and you learn from it so there's always ways to do that like we we, I found my friend that got fired is an SDR who is was a rapper and like me, who was a sales rep who used to run a record label. It's like our first thing that we wanted to talk about on a podcast probably wouldn't be B2B like tech sales, but like we had the ability to help people and it fit in with what we were doing. So we just combined some different things that we were sort of interested in and made it into something that we really loved. Just
1: recreate yourself and figure it out, yeah. but be happy.
2: Please be happy, <laughs> especially now, like it's COVID. You can't go anywhere. Like, I, I don't know. I'm sick of hearing people complain about it because what I've done during COVID is like hike a lot more, like write a lot more, like invest in my business. Like you're just unhappy with yourself if you're internalizing the fact that you can't go drink at a bar and like you can't go to a pool party and you're so unhappy <laughs> about it. Like, there's so much more to life. Like go enjoy it
1: i I absolutely agree with that I've I'm one of the people who have been much more um, motivated and' have turned a lot into self-development my house is much more organized much more physically active than I ever was before not having a, you know to commute and things like that health is better so I think finding the positive in the situation is great whether it be work or covid just. Mm-hmm. Find the positive, be happy, and invest in yourself. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it and taking the time to record this with me.
2: Yeah, thank you for having (laughs) me. All
1: right. I appreciate you.